The next few days were torture, just like Tantalus wanted. First, there was Tyson moving into the Poseidon cabin, giggling to himself every 15 seconds, saying, Percy is my brother, like he'd just won the lottery. Aw, welcome to Floor 600. I'm Natalie. <laughs> I'm Quinn. And this is a podcast where we read the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series by Rick Riordan and talk to each other and you about the books. Uh, right now we are reading Sea of Monsters, the second book in the series. Yep, and then for this episode, we read chapters 6 through 9. Yes, so we are starting with chapter 6 this time, Demon Visions <laughs> Attack. I gave that 5 stars. I gave that 4 stars. I thought that was a 5 for a second. It's a 4. Really? Yeah. That's such a fun chapter title. It is. I don't... It's terrifying and amazing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It's actually really cute, and I like it. So I'll give it four and a half. I amend. Okay. I amend. <laughs> we should limit the amount of amendings we can do. I think you can't do it any more. You can't up it a full star or lower it a full star. You, you can, can only, only do it once per episode. Yeah. Oh, that's hard for it. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I still say we need to lay out some rules. Yeah. So loosey goosey. <laughs> Basically, Percy is still upset because A, Camp is dying. B, people are still being mean to Tyson and to Percy, by the way. Yeah. And C, Grover is still gone, but mm-hmm. he's still trying to be like, happy go lucky Percy Jackson yeah. and like keep on his brave little face, but it's not working too well. Because he admits, like, on the first page of this chapter, <laughs> That he's ashamed of Tyson, yeah, which is really sad. Yeah, and he he he's a, and he's angry at his dad because he feels like it's now he's like feels ashamed to be his son. Like oh, yeah, like oh well, you created me, but you also created yeah. a bunch of monsters. What is it? I felt like being his son was now a joke. Yeah, it's just sad. It is sad because he really loved Tyson up until he you know they all got to camp. Yeah, now he's like oh well. I think he, like, feels that he's not special anymore, Mm -hmm. which is not a a good feeling. No. And everybody else is making fun of him, so Mm -hmm. that doesn't help. And it doesn't help that, really, all of them are in the wrong and, like, ugh, this is Yeah. But, luckily, Beckendorf, Charles Beckendorf, from the Hephaestus cabin, takes Tyson into the forges and, like, teaches him how to make stuff, which Mm -hmm. is really cute. Um, And there's still... (laughs) Preoccupied with the chariot races. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Percy has Tyson. Yeah. But initially, um, Annabeth and him were going to compete together, which I feel like... How does that work? I don't know, because I (laughs) I feel like that's never been stated that it's allowed to. I don't even think you're allowed to sit at another cabin's lunch table, let (laughs) alone work with them. Yeah, but then again, he never says that they're not allowed to. Exactly. So So. I wonder if there's other cabin mixes? I'm sure there are. That are work together? Yeah. I don't know. There's gotta be. I mean, they gotta have friends and stuff outside the cabin. But yeah, they were going to enter a chariot race together until Percy and Annabeth are talking about Tyson. And Annabeth is like, ugh, he's still a Cyclops. And Percy's like, why are you always hating on my Tyson? And then they get in a fight, and she's like, fine. You enter a chariot races with Tyson. And he's like, fine, I will. Yeah. So he enters a chariot race with Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I find hilarious and 
cliche at the same time. Um, I feel like Tyson would do a good job, though. Yeah. He's learning how to build stuff. Yeah. So, Percy and Tyson are falling asleep in the Poseidon cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my notes Oh, my say, God. The cutest This is the most precious scene so far. <laughs> oh! It was just so cute. It's like, uh, it's Tyson just being, I'm sorry that Annabeth's mm-hmm. mad at you. I wish I wasn't a monster. Yeah. And then what is he say? He says, I will be a good monster. Then you will not have to be mad. Aww. Oh. And then he's like, Annabeth doesn't like me. Oh. <laughs> Percy's like, she does, which is not true. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, Tyson doesn't even hear any of that because he falls asleep. And so does Percy. And Percy has another dream about Grover. So, in this dream, he sees Grover wearing a wedding dress this time. (laughs) So, he's wearing this wedding dress, standing in the middle of a cave. And Percy's like, what the heck is happening? But then Grover sees him in the dream. And Percy, like, kind of, like, I don't know, I imagined it as, like, He's almost waking up, but he's still in the dream. Yeah. And he, like, really slowly responds to him. And basically, Grover created a an empathy link so he could speak to Percy in his dreams. Yeah. And I like how he basically says, like, if I die, you die, so yeah. you better come save me. <laughs> yeah, because he apparently went to Florida, then turned left following the god, uh, the god, I almost said the god of Pan, following Pan's scent, yeah. discovered that he was being chased by a cyclops. <laughs> or he was led to this a cyclops, <laughs> the cyclops cave. Island or cave yeah. or whatever. Home. And now the cyclops thinks that he's a lady cyclops and that they're going to get married. Yeah. But the cyclops basically has something that smells like pan and has been using it to lure satyrs to the cave and eat them. But Grover doesn't actually get a chance to say what it is. So Percy's like, what? Does yeah. it, don't we get the name of the Cyclops? Do we? Not yet. Not yet? That's later. Oh, no, you're right. We do? Yeah, he said, uh, Grover says, The satyrs come here thinking they've found Pan, and they get trapped and eaten by Polyphemus. 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 Figured this out earlier. <laughs> Polyphemus. So the satyrs come here thinking they found Pan, and they get trapped and eaten by Polyphemus. Yeah. Yeah, so... Percy's pretty freaked out by that dream, and he's just like, oh, I should tell Annabeth, but forgot that it's the chariot race. Yeah, and I love how Percy's like, oh, Grover could literally die any second, but first, I'm gonna first, run in this we race. gotta do this competition. It's like, what? <laughs> so, Percy tries to tell Annabeth about his dream, and she's like, whatever. Yeah. Basically. And he's like, oh, okay. So then they go, and they start the race, which... It's okay. Mm-hmm. And Percy enjoys the fact that two chariots fall in the first 20 feet. Yeah. Which is hilarious. But I loved in this section, there's the part, like, at the beginning, where he says, like, there are millions of doves, or uh, pigeons in the trees. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Mil- okay, what would millions of pigeons look like? Have you seen, the, like, that Planet Earth documentary with the birds? Mm-mm. There's, I think it's like some city in Spain or something. They have like thousands, thousands of birds, and they go, they travel in like groupings, oh. and they make pattern or, patterns across the sky, what? and that's what I am imagining. 
Because in the very beginning, he says there are millions of birds in the trees. Mm -hmm. And then as it goes on, he's like, there were thousands more. <laughs> like, thousands. maybe I should down, downplay my numbers, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, is this just Percy exaggerating, or is it literally millions of birds? Yes. I'm going to go with millions. millions. So basically, as the kids are racing these chariots, which is already dangerous enough, the millions of demon pigeons attack the racers yeah. and the spectators and they're pecking everybody and cutting everybody up and percy and annabeth of course are the only ones who have the presence of mind to think about how hercules scared the birds off yep so they run to the big house get chiron's boom box yep and early 2000s baby bring it back to the racetrack and they the also off. get his favorite music, which is honestly my jam in middle school. I had a strange <laughs> obsession with the Rat Pack, oh. Dean Martin's greatest hits. Yeah, I looked up the all-time greatest hits of Dean Martin or whatever, mm -hmm. and it's not that bad. Like it's not no, terrible it's music. Not. <laughs> Thank so you. The fact that these two thirteen-year-olds think it's like the worst music they've ever yeah. heard is hilarious. Yeah. It's insulting. Like, what are they listening to? I remember reading this for the first time while I was in my in the middle of my Dean Martin kick, <laughs> and I was like, "Excuse me, have you <laughs> listened to it?" So it's hilarious because Clarice, your favorite yes. character, wins the chariot race. Because well, because she, she was just going. so persistent. She's just like, "I'll put this net over me. I don't care about my fighter getting picked." <laughs> Picked out, like, his fi poor fingers are probably gone. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm going. And she wins. And once she wins, she realizes, oh, the situation's not working. And yeah. she circles back and she's Helps. trying to help. Yeah. But she just doesn't. But she also calls Annabeth and Percy cowards for running to the big house. Well, if you didn't know that you they were going to find an okay song in <laughs> Martin <laughs> to scare away the birds, um... You would think, oh, they're just running away into yeah. the one place in this camp <laughs> with walls. <laughs> True. I wonder if, like, Rick was playing Dean Martin for his son, and his son was like, oh, God, I hate this. And then, thus, it was written into the book. Maybe. Um, yeah, so they scare off the pigeons. Clarice wins the race. Everybody's bleeding and in pain and scared. And Tantalus decides that he's still going to ignore the fact that demon, millions of demon <laughs> pigeons attacked, declare Clarice the winner, and punish Annabeth and Percy for disrupting the race. <laughs> Love it. That's Love so Tantalus awful. and his teaching style. God! <laughs> Who did it? Mm. So, <laughs> chapter seven. <laughs> I accept gifts from a stranger. Three stars. <gasps> same. Awesome. We're the same. <laughs> I like, I thought it was like interesting, but at the same time, it's not that interesting. Yeah. Like, he accepts a lot of things from strangers. So that, it's not yeah. really that exciting. He really does. Yeah. I wouldn't say that he knew Chiron when he accepted Riptide from Chiron. Yeah. Because he knew him as Mr. Bronner. I wouldn't trust someone who <laughs> lied to me about their name for <laughs> I mean, he took the backpack from Ares. Yeah. <laughs> he trusted Luke immediately. Yeah. I mean, he he literally knew Luke for like a week. Mm-hmm. I could still consider that a stranger. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Not that. Not that enticing. Mm-hmm. So, basically, Tantalus says that it was Percy and Annabeth's fault and Tyson's fault. The, somehow. <laughs> I was wondering when when he said that, what happened to Annabeth's fighter? Because she wasn't alone on her chariot. And yeah, what happened wouldn't to him? He, he have gotten punished with them because he was on the chariot? Tantalus only hates Was he eaten the by the birds? <laughs> Imagine if he had still been punished with them and then we've gotten a fourth person involved. <laughs> uh, He's not even given a name. He isn't. He's just and he was like doing the a good, Athena fighter. He almost took out Percy or whatever. Yeah, he was he was doing a good job. Maybe that's why Tantalus didn't punish him. No, it's just because he hates the squad. So the uh uh <laughs> he makes them the punishment that they are inflicted with punished with the punishment inflicted upon them by <laughs> Tantalus. Is to help the di- harpies wash dishes. Yeah, which doesn't sound bad until you realize what they wash them with. Lava. Oh, nice. Why does this camp just have, like, an unlimited supply of I lava? I don't know, because I would think that it has to be close to the surface enough to be able to be replenished They're like in Long that. Island. <laughs> exactly. Magic, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> So, they, yeah, they have to wear uh, asbestos aprons and gloves. Yeah. I'm like, what if something spilled on you, them? Mm-hmm. They would die. Yeah. So, it, But Tyson doesn't because... Yeah. He is resistant to heat, so he's just, like, playing in the yeah. lava. <laughs> it's just, like, lukewarm bath water. <laughs> Gross. But this gives Annabeth and Percy a com- common enemy, so she's willing to listen to his dream about Grover again. Yeah. So, she is the one who realizes that Grover must be talking about the Golden Fleece. Yes. Which, if you know the story about Jason and all. Well, and I gotta say, correction on me, because of my poor research ability. Last (laughs) episode, I said that I didn't know any situation where the Grey Sisters interacted with a Jason. You were wrong. I was wrong. He they interact with in the Golden Fleece. Oh, in the Golden Fleece story. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, sorry, mean, everybody. <laughs> Quinn was wrong. <laughs> it's okay. We're all wrong sometimes. Oh, wait, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so the Golden Fleece is literally just the fleece of a ram. Will we get into more of that later? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, or no, no, I don't get into that okay. later. So the ram was a gift to Colchis and somebody, the other person, Cad, nope. Cadmus and Colchis, yes. No. Yeah. It was a gift, the Golden Fleece was a gift to Cadmus and Europa. Yeah. And they took it to Colchis. And then Jason stole it from Colchis and took it wherever because he wanted to save his own home. So the Fleece can bring prosperity and wealth and health and all this good stuff to wherever it hangs. Yeah. Which is how it could save the camp. Hooray. But, uh, uh, appropriately, Annabeth is suspicious of the fact that Grover and the fleece happen to be in the same place. And she's like, what if this is just Kronos again? Like, he, you know, bewitched us basically into following his plan before. So Percy's like, yeah, it is a little weird, but what choice do we have? Mm Mm-hmm. And... Really, though, because if, if Grover dies, Percy will die, or at least yeah. live as a vegetable. Yeah, which would be really sad. It would be, and it would 
mess up every but all the gods' plans. So yeah. they have to go after the Golden Fleece. <laughs> and Grover, during his empathy link with Percy, um, said that he's in the Sea of Monsters. Or yeah. wait, is that true? I think so. Or does Annabeth mention it just now? Oops. I think so, but maybe... Or no, he says it's off of off of Florida. Oh, yeah. So, so and Annabeth is just like, okay, what's off of Florida? The Sea of Monsters. So it's Annabeth who points out that going to Florida and turning left will put him in the Sea of Monsters, yeah. which is also known to mortals who are confused by the mist as the Bermuda Triangle. So they formulate a plan to rescue Grover, and their big idea (laughs) is to request a quest, that's a fun word, fun combination of words, (laughs) in front of the entire camp at the sing-along so that Tantalus has no choice but to grant the quest due to peer pressure from all these 16-year-olds. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know if Tantalus, (laughs) an adult immortal person i don't even know not immortal i don't even think he's a person i don't know he's He's not gonna give in to peer pressure because he does not see you as peers (laughs) yeah so they like stand up and they're percy's like we have to have this quest oh wait can we talk about the fire because yeah it's the first time where we hear about the campfire being able to change colors and i am for it i'm all for it it's so cool it's like, oh, when it's like, he, uh, on a good night, I'd seen it 20 feet high, bright purple and hot, or, and so hot, the whole front row of marshmallows burst into flames. <laughs> but then tonight, it's only five feet high, barely warm, and the flames were only the color, or w- were the color of lint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, also. It, it, it's so cool. It is really neat. I like it, it a like, lot. Tra- it, it changes with the... The flow of conversa- conversation. It yeah. rem- reminds me of the thing in um, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince in Slughorn's office. It's like, oh, this moves fast if the conversation is yeah. good or whatever it is. I always, always confused about that. Yeah. <laughs> but the fire makes sense. It is really cool. And I love the names of their songs. Like, I yeah. am my own great, 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 great grandpa. <laughs> How does it happen? Um... Mythology. <laughs> <laughs> and this land is Minos's land. Yeah. <laughs> they're very funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're all sitting around the campfire. Di- Mr. Deem Dionysus, Dionysus leaves the party leaves. because he's all like, this party is dead. And yeah. I am the god of parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. But yeah, he gets annoyed and pieces out. So... Percy and Annabeth are like, all right, this is our chance. And they start pitching this quest. Mm-hmm. And Tantalus is like, whatever. He literally says that, like, the camp doesn't need to be saved. And it's yeah. just... And everyone's like, uh, excuse. <laughs> yeah, and the campers are like, what are you talking about? So... So everyone ended up, like, chanting, we yeah. need a quest. We, we need, need a, a quest. quest. We need a quest. <laughs> and Tantalus is like freaking fine and actually before he gives them permission or tantalus says that he wouldn't know where to look percy wouldn't and percy's like uh yeah i would 30 31 75 12 and i love what tantalus says okay thank you for sharing those meaningless numbers she's like Actually, they're not meeting the list, but finally, I figured it out. Yeah. And Percy's like, oh, they're latitude and longitude. I learned about it in social studies. And everybody's just like, 
what? Yeah. <laughs> like, a week ago, you had no idea what these numbers were. Yeah. Well, I guess once you've figured out, oh, I'm looking for location. Yeah. So everybody starts I don't know. chanting, we need a quest, we need a quest. Yep. Tantalus is like, fine, you want a quest? And they're like, yeah, we want a quest. And then he assigns it to Clarice. Yep. And I like how it's like the fire flickered a thousand different colors because some people are like, hooray. And some are like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's really neat. Um, but of course, like Percy and Annabeth are furious. Mm-hmm. And the campers... They're just, about like, to have angry. like yeah, they're about to have like an all-out war between yeah. who gets to go on this quest and Tantalus just like sit down, I got a story to tell. And I don't see how the story has to do with the situation at hand. But it is yeah. scary. <laughs> I think that he's just trying to show them how ruthless and evil he is and the fact that he, you know, murdered his own children. Yeah. Means that he's not gonna hesitate to murder these children. Not at all. He's a creepy dude. Mm-mm. Ugh. So, Tantalus is like, oh, by the way, Clarice is going on the quest. She's gonna consult the Oracle. Go to bed. The Harpies will eat you if you're out after curfew. Yeah. So, <laughs> there's another, like, really cute Tyson and Percy in the cabin moment. Mm-hmm. Tyson's like, will you go on this quest anyway? And Percy's like, I don't know. It's gonna be hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just like well Tyson asked him like please take him with him yeah like if you leave I'm I leave like together bro mm-hmm. and Percy's like no you don't have to do that and what breaks my heart about this part is that Tyson says daddy always cared for me oh my god I wrote in what? the I, well I wrote in my margins I'm crying because he <laughs> says I'm daddy always cared for me he sniffled now I think he was mean to have a cyclops boy yeah so he always then he lo- was loved and now now because he's at camp and being made fun of all the time he's yeah. like I wish I'd never been born but like how is being taken care of being left to live in a cardboard box in New York City well I guess it's not being with Again, we don't know what happened to Tyson before he got to Yancey. Or not Yancey. That was the other one. Meriwether College Prep. <laughs> yeah, Meriwether Prep. The, he, we don't know what happened to him beforehand, but Percy says that he has scars on him. So he yeah. probably had a pretty hard life. And then maybe Poseidon came in and was like, hey, you my boy. And <laughs> took him out and put him in it. Put him in the cardboard box in the street, and he's just like, now you'll have more opportunities. He <laughs> probably get you put adopted. Him, yeah, and he probably put him really close to Percy on purpose. Yeah, probably. Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. I was all ready to be mad at Poseidon, and now I'm not anymore. <laughs> Percy is so addicted to sugar. He is. He is so addicted to sugar. He has a six-pack of Coke under his, under his bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, isn't that, that's what led him to the, yes. the forest with Luke in the yeah. end of Lightning Thief. He that was is like, literally hey, you Luke... want a Coke? And he was like, yes, and followed him like a little puppy. So, moral of the story, if you want to kill Percy Jackson, lure him away from camp with Coke. Yeah. <laughs> because Percy takes his Coke and his blanket to the ocean, and he's sitting on the beach, and a stranger walks up to him, and I'm like, Percy! <laughs> Get your life together. Coke. Coca-Cola. Yeah. 
not the other kind. <laughs> He's got so, too much of a sugar rush going on to care about his safety. Yeah. But I love how he's like, oh, it calms my brain. I'm like, that doesn't work that way. Um, but he meets a random stranger on the beach and he's yeah. just like, I think no problem with it. <laughs> and the guy's like, can I have a Coke? And Percy's like, sure. And he's just like, okay. And yeah. I like how he's like, oh, cool. Thank you for the hospitality. Yeah. Check. <laughs> Points. So, yeah, this guy shows up. He's wearing jogging shorts and a New York City Marathon t-shirt. Yep. And he's like, oh, I haven't sat down in ages, which I think <laughs> is really funny. So, they are, I don't even know, like, when does he say who he is? Like, they talk for a while before Percy realizes yeah, who he's talking to. Yeah, I don't think they to. do until he takes out George and Martha. Yeah. And then, like, a page after, like, Percy is chit-chatting with him for a page and a half before yeah. he says, hey, you're Hermes. <laughs> yeah, because Hermes is like... What's your favorite constellation? And Percy's like, oh, Hercules. He's like, I really because like he's strong his and famous. Too. Hermes is like, because he's strong and famous. And Percy's like, no, because he has rotten luck like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's literally sitting there talking to him for a long time before he's like, Hermes shows him his caduceus with the snakes. Mm-hmm. And then Percy's like, oh, I know who you are. And I love that he says, you're Luke's father. Hermes, and it's like, I like that he acknowledges Luke before a god, Uh, because I feel like when you're, you, when you're introduced to someone at school or something, it's like, uh, when I, I, when, okay, so (laughs) you're Natalie, when I am introducing your mom to someone, I'm like, Hello, everybody. This is Shannon, Natalie's mom. Yeah. Or, this is Natalie's mom, Shannon. Or I just say, this is my mom. Yeah. This is the title. You don't have, like, like, you don't have, this is the god Hermes. No. It's, oh, you're Luke's dad, Hermes. Hermes. Yeah. And I like Hermes' response. He's like, well, that's not how people usually introduce me. Yeah. But okay. (laughs) And... I don't know, Hermes just seems like the most chill, like, reasonable god we've met so far. Definitely. Well, because what are the, like, we've met Dionysus and... Ares. Ares. Those are the big ones. Zeus. And Zeus is... And Poseidon. I don't think you'd ever say Zeus has a calm demeanor. <laughs> and Poseidon, no. I don't know, he has, he's questionable, questionable parenting. Like, he's calm, but he's so powerful. Yeah. Like, Hermes feels like someone you could... Drink a Coke with. (laughs) And Poseidon is someone who makes you want to go start working. Yeah. And, like, do a really good job. You have to, like, stand up straight (laughs) all the time with Poseidon. And you can slouch with him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Hermes is like, so, are you going to go on this quest? And Percy's like, I don't have permission. And Hermes is like, okay. And he tells the story about how he snuck out and how it went really well. And Percy's like, what's the moral of this story? Because he's like, you're telling me to do something I don't have permission to do. And Hermes is basically just like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) And then he gives him presents. Yeah. 
he gives Percy a thermos from the TV show Hercules Bus Heads. <laughs> and it is both a compass and a container for the four winds. Yes. And it he gives him a bottle of vitamins that's, I guess it's like ambrosia and nectar and stuff. Because he says to take it only in case of emergency. Yeah. And Percy's like, why? Why are you giving me this? Like, what is going on here? So Hermes says, basically, that he hopes... Percy can save Luke as well as Grover on this quest. Yeah. And Percy's like, Luke literally wants to destroy you. Yeah. And me. Mm-hmm. And all of the everybody in between and above and under us. And Hermes is like, you can't give up on family no matter how tempting it is and how hard, like how easy they make it seem. Yeah. I just have a lot of feels about that. It's so... <laughs> So nice. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice. Like, he obviously cares about, I'm assuming not just Luke, but all of his children. Yeah. Because I feel like the gods are always seen as sort of distant parents that don't actually care about their children other than as yeah. tools. And this is the first time that we've seen a god sort of like, no, I care about his well-being. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think we've ever seen an instance of Poseidon going... Oh, I sure do hope Percy won't die. It's more of a, oh, I sure do hope Percy can succeed at this quest for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But like... And he's nice about it. (laughs) Yeah. But I have issues with this because if anyone is a toxic family member, it's Luke. Yes. And the idea that you can't, like, not... If not cut out completely, but reduce contact with toxic family members is just something I cannot... I cannot, because sometimes you just don't have a choice. I feel like, yes, I agree completely, but I feel like what Hermes is saying is, like, yes, Luke is toxic, but I I can still try a little bit more. Yeah, like, maybe it's... Yeah, because... Last ditch And and also, if he doesn't (laughs) try, it could destroy both him, his, the entire rest of his family, and the world. Yeah. So he's got to put a lot more effort into this relationship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, considering Luke doesn't think that he cares at all. And I yeah. think they said, like, he's met him once. Yeah, so, like, so. why doesn't Hermes just go to him? I don't know. He's afraid. Probably. And he's like, afraid of oh, rejection, every- so Percy's really proven himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's afraid of rejection, of being hurt, probably. Mm-hmm. I... These chapters are packed. It is. Or they are. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Both. Because <laughs> I feel like this book so far is we're really seeing a shift from like play purely playfulness with a little bit of like meaning to a lot more storytelling, a lot more um, in-depth characterization and stuff. Yeah. Like, a lot more things that we'll have to watch throughout the series, mm-hmm. not just within yeah. a book or within a chapter, even. Yeah. Or an episode. Like, there's more lasting effects. Yeah. Because Percy, he's like, do you understand what I, I'm saying? And Percy's like, not really. And Hermes is like, he will. Mm-hmm. So he he's so cute. He's like, I hope I packed well for you. And he just creates these, like, three yellow duffel bags full of stuff that they need. And he's like, if you ask your dad, he'll help you get to the ship. And yeah. Percy's like, what? 
He's like, wait, what shift? And he's like, wait, who's coming with me? And he says, like, yeah, peace out. By the way, your friends are on their way. And the harpies are coming to eat you. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) So the last line of this chapter is my favorite in this section. Um, Percy says of Hermes, he jogged off down the beach. 20 paces away, he shimmered and vanished, leaving me alone with a thermos, a bottle of chewable vitamins, and five minutes to make an impossible decision. And it's just like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love the way it sounds. <laughs> I, I really love the way that they start this quest. Yeah. Because Hermes, <laughs> the trickster god, literally tricks them into a quest. It's so... <laughs> It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love the characters characterization of George and Martha. Mm-hmm. I mean, snakes, it's really funny. Yeah. We are on to chapter eight. We board the Princess Andromeda. Two stars. Two and a half. Really? Yep. Boring. We know what ship it is. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's interesting because we just thought it was a cruise ship from the previous chapter, and now that it has a Greek name, you're like, uh oh, something might be coming. Yeah, which a little we already... bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Yes, Rick loves foreshadowing. He really does. <laughs> I like and it. And if he can make a joke out of it, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Yeah. So Tyson and Annabeth come like running up to Percy, and they're like, "We heard you calling for help." And Percy's yeah. like, "No, that definitely was not me." And it was Hermes, obviously. Um, so. Annabeth, surprisingly somewhat, is like, well, I guess it's not surprising because she wants to save the camp more than but anything. But I love that they, so they spend literally all of their five minutes of get to the boat or leave before the harpies come talking about whether they should or should not. And it gets to a point that even if they say no. They don't have a choice. They don't, yeah, they don't have a choice. They have to get off that beach. And the only way off that beach is to get on that boat. Yeah. They literally have zero choice in the matter of taking this quest, but they act like they do. So, yeah, because Percy's like, no. Annabeth is like, yes, no, yes, no, yes. And then... And Tyson's just like, I'll be with you no matter what. There we go. (laughs) And Annabeth's like, we cannot bring Tyson. And Percy's like, we literally have no choice. Grab your bag. Let's go. Yeah. So, I love... um, When Percy is, like, walking into the water and he's talking to Poseidon, he's Mm -hmm. like... We need to get to that ship, like, before we get eaten and stuff, so. <laughs> Can you help us <laughs> man? And he dies! Yay! And he, <laughs> he gives him, or he sends three. Hippocampi. Hippocampi. And one of them is extra big for Literally? Tyson. Because he's a good dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I want is someone to make, like, a beautiful picture of a hippocampi <laughs> and send it to us. That's all I want in my life. Please do that. Please. <laughs> if you're talented with art, or if you're not, I don't care. Draw a hippocampi for me. <laughs> make it extra big for Tyson. I want all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they ride the hippocampi, which are... Fish ponies, as Tyson calls them. Yep. Half horse, half fish to the ship, climb out the ship. They are wandering around for a long time. Yeah. And they find nobody. Which and is nothing. creepy. Yes. Because the ship is literally sailing. Yeah. 
And there's nobody. And on. yeah, it's nighttime, but that doesn't mean Still. people are in bed. It's a cruise ship. It's, people yeah, will be partying. Yeah. So, yeah, weird. Weird. <laughs> but like they a... don't think twice about it, and they find a little <laughs> place to sleep. Yeah, they find two cabins, and they're like, oh, let's go to bed. So, a little bit of detail about the ship. There's like, um, what is that thing called? Uh, Rock climbing wall? No, the thing that's on the front of the ship. A bow? No. The mast? A huge masthead. There's a masthead of a Greek woman, and she, like, looks terrified. And this mm-hmm. is a massive ship, so it's, like, three stories tall. And, yeah, there is rock climbing. There's a whole tons of rooms, a pool, mini golf, restaurant, but no. So it's even creepier when you think about how massive it is and the fact that it's completely empty. Yeah. And he and Percy remembers the myth of um, Andromeda, and he's sort of like, why would you name a ship after yeah. this? princess like yeah she survives but she didn't have a fun time, time of it <laughs> and he he also remembers um his namesake and honestly we get a little glimpse into sally's yeah thought process <laughs> and it's great queen sally strikes again because she names percy perseus because percy is the demigod always had good luck yeah he always came home alive. he's the only one that had like a happy ending <laughs> yeah Aw, I love Sally. Good job, Sally. (laughs) So yeah, they're like, oh, it's fine. Let's just go to sleep in this creepy ship. And Percy has a dream about Kronos goading him from Tartarus. Yeah. Which is really creepy because he probably hasn't dreamt about that in a long time. Um, Kronos doesn't really say anything significant except like, oh, your dad sucks. And Percy's like, whatever. (laughs) And then he also has a dream about Grover running out of time to delay his wedding to the Cyclops. So no fun. But they wake up and are wandering around the ship again and they start finding mortals. Yeah, but they're weird. Yeah, they're like zombies. They're misty-eyed with a capital M. And (laughs) they're like robots they're like oh we are having fun in the pool how fun we are having oh no my robot chip was messed up (laughs) (laughs) and they're all like what so then they hear monsters because they hide in the girls bathroom and they hear um familiar voices yeah and one of them is luke which (gasps) is terrifying yikes so Tyson's like, we have to get off this ship right now. And Annabeth and Percy are like, no, we can't. So they have to go figure out what's going on. And they decide to go to the Admiralty suite and eavesdrop on Luke and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Which brings us to chapter nine. Chapter nine! I have the worst family reunion ever. Two stars. You have a one. I feel like family reunions can be pretty bad. Yeah. So, But also extremely boring. So, I gave it low. Yeah, I feel like family reunions either go really well or really badly. Yeah. There's no in-between. No. <laughs> there really isn't. So, as my aunt, my abbreviation in the notes for them is packed. <laughs> it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Percy, Annabeth, Chase, and Tyson. I don't know yeah. why Annabeth is always Annabeth, Chase, but they're wandering around the ship. Seeing all kinds of monsters, like literally all Considering kinds of monsters. Considering you could have made it pat. P-A-T? No, it's packed. Why, though? I don't know. I felt the need to include Annabeth Chase. <laughs> so, <laughs> stop judging me. It's my notes. I'm judging. <laughs> <laughs> 
So they're literally seeing all sorts of monsters. Yeah. Like Glacier going in giants, these half woman, half snake things. It's terrifying. They're mm-hmm. killing straw campers. And, but the worst part of all of this is that they are hiding again and they hear a voice that they recognize, which is Chris Rodriguez from Cabin 11, a.k.a. Yeah. Hermes Cabin, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Hermes has more than just Luke at stake. Yeah. Well, I, they say it's an unclaimed ch- kid. Oh, yeah, that's so, true. I just read that in my notes. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it just means that there are also demigods on this ship working with mm-hmm. the monsters. Yeah. Which... like, it doesn't, I'm not surprised that... It's been, like, Luke has been able to get half-bloods. I'm not he's, either. he's, like, handsome and charming and has... And the gods are sort of not there. Yeah. So, so there's probably a lot of kids at Camp Half-Blood that have bad relationships with their yeah. parents. And they can be manipulated into joining the dark side. Yeah. So it's sad, but it's really not surprising. Nope. So they finally, finally reach the Admiralty Suite. They stop like 30 feet away, but Tyson can hear everything that's happening inside the room. And he, he starts imitating them in like creepily accurate voices. Yeah. And it, I love how creeped out Annabeth gets. Yeah. She's like, oh, stop. He's like, just keeps doing it. Well, she's like really freaked out by the Cyclops, so. Yeah, to begin with. We're probably going to get some backstory on that. I think. So they're talking about Chiron, the people in. Oh. Side note, real quick. Yeah. I like how the Emeraldsy Suite is on deck 13. Oh, because cabin 13? What? No, because 13's an unlucky number. Oh, uh, okay. So it's just like the evil things are on deck 13. Okay. That's all you have to say about that? Yeah, I don't know You're what so to say. <laughs> <laughs> Symbolism! Rick loves it. I guess. <laughs> You're lame. I know. So, um, the voices are talking about a prophecy, and they're talking about the old horseman. Horseman? Well, <laughs> horseman. Yeah. Because Ye he's, old horseman Chiron he's over Chiron, there. And they're like, oh, he's got so many skeletons in his closet, and blah, 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 blah. And Tyson's like, No, he doesn't have skeletons going. in his closet. He has Dean Martin's music <laughs> in his closet. And... Tyson, I love this, because you can see what's happening before they do. I know. <laughs> and so Tyson's like, quiet, are you sure? Yes, right outside. And then Percy's <laughs> like, oh no, and he's like, run, and then it's way too late. Yeah. And they're grabbed by these giant bear, bear man, man twins, twins. <laughs> named Agrius and Aureus. Yep. And they drag them into the stateroom, the Emeraldy room, and I freaking love the description of this room. <laughs> Like, the more I read this, the more I fangirl over <laughs> Rick's writing. Like, it's just so good. And he, I wrote, he is the god of descriptions. <laughs> he describes it as beautiful and horrible. Yeah. Which, like... Because it, it, it's just classic. It's, like, beautifully decorated, but it looks like a teenager has been living in it. Yeah. With slobby... Slobby... He's sloppy. Sloppy yeah. habits and everything. Right. And then also just terrifying because there's yeah. like a ten foot casket. Yeah. In front of the window. So it's yeah. like you walk in, you're already afraid. It's beautiful. There's mahogany and Persian rug. It's beautiful it is windows. Mahogany. Yeah. <laughs> you can look out over the ocean. 
And then there's like a 10 foot golden yeah. casket. And I just imagine it sort of sucking the light away. Yeah. Like, ooh, it's so creepy. And it's like on a velvet dais. It's got Greek images of death and battle all over it. Yeah. Ugh, gross. But Luke is sitting there and he's like, this is nice, isn't it? And Chris <laughs> is like, question mark? I put that a lot, like, just question marks. <laughs> so Luke has changed a little bit. He's wearing khakis and a button down and yep. his hair is cut and he apparently looks like a supermodel. Yeah. He looked like an evil male model showing off what the fashionable college-age villain was wearing to Harvard this year. I feel like year. that is, like, alluding to the Abercrombie, uh, Abercrombie models. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> he's one of those guys, but he's evil. Yeah. Which is just strange. So he starts basically trying to convince yeah. Pat to join the dark side and come to his side and be on the side of power and strength yes. and watch while they dismantle the world. <laughs> God. Annabeth is like getting so angry, she's literally screaming at him. Mm-hmm. And another thing. <laughs> I had a lot of thoughts about this. Okay. <laughs> okay, in certain other books with a young female heroine, there are a lot of descriptions of the way she talks, like whimpering and sobbing and crying, and you don't get any of that with Annabeth. No. Because in those other certain stories that are popular and may or may not have seven books, they... <laughs> They only use those words to describe the way the women speak. Yeah. And the men are always like, oh, he was gruff and yelling, blah, blah. But Rick is not like that at all. Yeah. And I freaking love that. It's great. He he, uh, he just is able to portray women as women, and it's great. As human beings. <laughs> yeah. No no one's described as demure. <laughs> no Thank one, the gods. Anyone, if you're listening and you write anything, never describe a woman as demure. Don't do it. Don't. No one likes it. No one likes it. It's not fun. It's the worst. So, <laughs> Annabeth is like, you poisoned Talia's tree. And yeah. Luke's like, yeah. It, it's it. awful because he, he's acting like it's no big deal. And it, yeah. it's obviously a big deal. It is. And I don't, I, I'm sort of surprised that he doesn't think it's a bigger deal than it is and well, i wonder if that's chronos sort of already in his mind saying like yeah. eh, who cares i mean it's been a whole year since he started doing chronos's bidding yeah but annabeth is like how could you dishonor talia like that yeah. she saved your life and he luke is like you're traveling with a cyclops that's dishonoring talia's memory yeah and percy of course doesn't understand what he's talking about but it upsets her to the point where she's like starts crying. Yeah. Practically. Um <clears throat> so I feel like she's just so angry and she's so conflicted too because yeah. I I I couldn't imagine Annabeth isn't at least a little bit tempted by things that Luke oh, yeah. says. And like if, if Percy wasn't in her life, I have no doubt that she would join Luke. Yeah. And I don't know about that. Really? Like, I wouldn't say I have no doubt. Like, I okay. I can definitely see her being, like, 50-50, but I, don't, I wouldn't say, like, definitely. Mm. 
in I her mind, her. she like she has that memory of Luke helping her stay alive. Yeah, when she was seven years old. I wonder if Luke had brought her in on the plans during the Lightning Thief, if he had brought her, like sort of welcomed her into Chronos's plan, and is like slowly brainwashed her too. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if she would be more for it, like if she had known from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, she was totally in love with him in Lightning Thief. Yeah, she was. Every time he walked into the room, she blushed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's just a, that part of her that is so determined to do good. And yeah, And has true. so much respect for the gods. Like, it would take him a long time to convince her, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it being something that happens over a course of a few books. Yeah. Like, if Annabeth was the main character of this book, I feel like we would get more of that. Oh, that would be so cool. I'd love to <laughs> series. Hear that, Uncle Rick? <laughs> get on it! <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's really sad. Yeah. And per, uh, Luke is just so set. He's still all hurt about Hermes abandoning him, and mm-hmm. he wants to destroy Olympus brick by brick, and Elevate the half-bloods who join him and slaughter all the rest of them. And it's kind of horrifying. But even more horrifying, he knows Percy's coordinates. Yeah. Because somehow he has a spy on the cam- in the camp. Yeah. He's like, oh, I have friends at camp who keep me in the loop. And Percy's like, spies. Mm-hmm. So Luke knows everything that's going on. Yep. And he asks if Chiron has even told Percy what could happen if he makes it to his 16th birthday. And Percy has no idea. Yeah. Because Chiron never told him, and Annabeth mm-hmm. won't either. Yeah. So, again, Luke has a point. They, the gods have kept a lot of secrets from them. Yeah. And a lot of these secrets are dangerous or whatever. To them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's... Kind of scary how you can kind of see Luke's point. Yeah. But I don't think you necessarily have to slaughter a bunch of innocent children, but, you know. No. To each their own, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Don't slaughter people, please. Um, so, <laughs> Luke is like, oh, you don't want to join me? And Percy's like, I know what, what I need to know, like who my enemies are. And Luke says, then you're a fool. And Tyson gets so mad. Oh, wait, before that, we have to talk about what Luke's plan is. Luke's plan is to, every time he gets a new member to his cause, a piece of Kronos reforms. Yeah. Which is disgusting. So they're going to make him a new body. Yeah. He's going to be like a Frankenstein god. Yeah. Titan. Titan. And he'll just, ew, he already looks gross in my mind. Yeah. Well, like, I don't even have an image of what he would look like in my mind. I just hear, like... I see clumps of meat in a ugh. coffin that are slowly growing for no reason. Gross. Like, if you're just, like, watching it, like, if it was, like, a science experiment, you don't know why it's reforming. You're just like, for some reason, every few months, another l- lump of meat comes. Oh, that's properly disgusting. Yeah. And Luke is, like, excited about this. He's thrilled. Ugh. And they, yeah, Annabeth says, that's disgusting. And Luke sneered at her. <laughs> Your mother was born from Zeus's split skull. 
That's slightly different. It really is. <laughs> Zeus wasn't a titan that was chopped up and thrown into the pit of Tartarus. Yeah. And is now slowly reforming. Yeah. It's on not. Earth. Athena was birthed its life and no one died doing <laughs> it. And Kronos <laughs> is <Was> dead <laughs> and is being reformed, not rebirthed reformed it's disgusting it's gross so like do you think luke goes over there and like opens the casket and oh yeah the yeah he just checks the statistics like so, all right how, how how fast is this growing every time he gets a new demigod on his side he's like which part grew <laughs> the foot oh nice oh yes ugh. the big toe my favorite gross ugh yeah, so they get to learn all that. I wonder if it starts, like, organ first, and then the muscle around. Ooh, you know, I'm thinking Ooh. too much about yep, it. And then just, just, okay. That's done. Moving on. So they get to learn all this. They get to fight with Luke. Luke calls Percy a fool. Tyson gets angry and throws a chair at him, tries to attack him. And the bear twins stop Tyson. And Luke is like, take them to the hold and feed them to the monsters, yeah. basically. And key, Luke says that only together they're strong enough to take on a Cyclops. Yeah, the bear twins. But he sends them solo. Or he sends Aureus with yeah. them, who is kind of an idiot anyway. Yeah. And I like how Percy's just like, now, to Tyson. And Tyson understands and he, oh, yeah. bam, hits Aureus. They're like running down the ship. Everybody is attacking them at this point. They find a lifeboat and all climb on it. And then Percy cuts the ropes and yeah, chapter ends. Yep. <laughs> all right. So ready for... Bring on the monsters. Bring on the monsters. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> the first monster named in this chapter is Polyphemus. Yes, ma'am. We don't actually meet him when we hear his voice, but so we're not. I'm not gonna give you his full story because that would be spoilers. <laughs> so I'm just gonna introduce you to him. So his name is Polyphemus. He's one of the most <laughs> famous Cyclops in Greek mythology. Uh, you can find him in the Odyssey. <laughs> He is, Are you like a fourth grade teacher all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> he was the son of Poseidon and a nymph, Thusa. I don't know how you pronounce it. There's an, what's the double umlaut. O? Umlaut. There's an umlaut over the second O. So, is that the U? Thusa. <laughs> Whatever. He, he was the Thusa. son. He, he was a, he, he's a cyclops and he's a son of Poseidon. Cool, cool, cool. So in the Odyssey, he appears and he traps Odysseus and his men in his cave, and he does stuff. And any more? If I said any more, it would be spoilers. Yeah, because so. this story actually follows a lot of the mythology pretty closely. Yeah, yeah. So, next monster: Stymphalian birds. The Stymphalian birds. <laughs> <laughs> they were monstrous birds that eat humans and basically anything else. Um, they had beaks made of bronze, and their feathers were sharp and metallic, and he could, could be used as, like, projectiles, like, against their prey. That's terrifying. Yeah. I, I read that, and I was like, really? 
<laughs> sounds insane. So I don't know if that's wrong. Tell me, but I think from what I saw, that sounds insane, and I yeah, like it. So I, I'm here. That's it's here. I'm here for it. But also there, as the article I read, excrement so or scat or poop was poisonous. So basically, when they came to your area, everything you're gonna die. Everything died. Even yeah. plants, animals, anything. You're gonna die. That's so sad. And then there are millions of them. There are millions of them. So they were actually created by Ares. Of course. So uh, basically Ares did it so that they could be hunted by wolves for some reason. Like, oh, if you wanted a challenge to hunt. It was weird. But basically the birds escaped and they went to the lake. How do you pronounce it? Stymphalia. Stymphalia, which is where they get their name and the Stymphalia is in the Arcadian area area of Greece. <laughs> I read so many articles and it just specified like it was went like for three pages on just the history of Arcadia and how <laughs> these birds are really special. I didn't even know it was so weird. But Arcadia. <laughs> Once they were there, basically they flourished in this area which was not good for the area. So basically the countryside and kingdom were just decimated by these Mm. birds. Like everything died of humans and animals and uh, plants, everything. It's gone because these birds are scary. So Hercules came along and it was his sixth labor and it was to defeat the birds. And he did it by using brass bells to scare them into the air. And once they were in the air, he shot them down with his bows, bow and arrows. Nice. Yeah. Good old Hercules. And some escaped, but they never returned to Arcadia. But the Argonauts did have an encounter. So. There you go. Yeah. That's why they're in the Sea of Monsters, because Jason and the Argonauts. <laughs> I cannot wait to hear you try to pronounce this next one. <laughs> The Sclithine, 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 Does this amusing as I expected to <laughs> I would say that Scythian, Scythian. I was thinking. Dracane. So, I was thinking there's like a Doctor Who, there's a Doctor Who creature alien, the, the, they're the Sclithine. With an L, mm. so I was pronouncing it like that, but there's no L in this. <laughs> nope. So, Skafaniana Drakaniana. Amazing. They were women from the waist up and snake tail instead of legs. So. Terrifying. Yeah. Sort and of cool. like mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of fish tails, they have snake tails. Um, and Hercules also encountered one of these guys. Uh, she stole some cows from him, and he, because he, he was supposed to be watching the cows, but instead he took a nap. Nice. So, he had to go and- responsible Hercules. Yep. So he had to go back and try and find these cows. So he followed her into her, her little cave, and she told him that she would not give him his cattle back unless she, um- they mated. <laughs> they they had a coupling. Um, 
And he did, and he got his cows back, and through this coupling, he created the ancient lines of Scythian kings. So, hooray for that coupling. <laughs> Once again, the struggles of keeping this peachy. <laughs> okay, and then our <laughs> other monsters are Argius and Aureus. Their mother was Polyphonte, and she was commanded by Aphrodite to marry, and Polyphonte said, no thank you, peace out, and she fled to Artemis, who let her join the Hunters of Artemis. And this really angered Aphrodite, because she was like, no, I told you to get married, and now you're not married. So she made... She made Polyphonte, or Polly, as I shall call her from now on. <laughs> she, she made Polly uh, fall in love with a uh, beautiful bear. Uh, and their union resulted in two bear-like sons, Agrius and Aureus. Uh, they, unsurprisingly, because of who their father, let's say it's a father, was, uh, they became huge bear-like men. And they were also cannibals who attacked travelers on the road. Gross. Hooray. <laughs> Zeus hated them. Yep. They, they literally, from the moment of their, their birth, Zeus was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and he ordered Hermes to punish them. And Hermes went to Argus and Aureus and prepared to cut off their he- hands and feet. And Ares showed up and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't cut off their hands and feet. Let's do something different. So, they turned Agrius into a vulture, and he was given a strong craving for flesh and blood. I wonder how much of that carried from his human form to his vulture form, (laughs) because he was cannibal beforehand. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then that also became, that vulture became a symbol of Ares because of that. Oh, okay. And then Aureus was turned into an eagle owl. Uh, who also does not really bode well when it arrives to uh, mortals because I think it's also a um, carrion bird. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. I'm not actually sure. I didn't even look up what they looked like. But <laughs> in the thing I saw, saw they, they were just like, does not bode well to arrive. Well, yeah, they're kind of scary looking. Oh, they are scary looking. They look like a horned owl. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to be up against that thing. No. Look at him. Owls are mean. I feel like owls are just evil. They're pretty, but they're crumpy looking. Yeah. On the other hand, their mother, Polly, because she just couldn't get a break from any of the gods, um, was turned into a small owl Mm -hmm. who only came out at night and was cute and shy. Hmm. It's kind of ironic that Hermes, or uh, the son of Hermes, Luke, is like using Agrius and Aureus as yeah. his henchmen mm-hmm. when he's the one who did this to them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Are you ready for Oh my God? Oh my God. All right. So, godlike creature, we were introduced to him last episode, and now I'll tell you what he did. I know we already talked, or well, he talked about it in his chapters, but, um, so Tantalus, ugh, we already, yeah, he's gross, and we talked, or he, 
Stop looking at pictures of owls. <laughs> now I'm interested. <laughs> you saved the picture. Yeah. So, um, we sort of hear a lot of, or we hear a lot of Tantalus's story from his own mouth in this chapter, which is cool. And creepy. Yes. But it's also sort of tinted, but because, um, he's the one who's telling it and he's yeah. sort of, he wants to sound creepy, but he's also not painting himself in the true colors that he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Tantalus was the son of Zeus and a, na- and a nymph named Pluto, but and he was a king, and he was a friend of the gods, and he was invited to, like, party with the gods, and but then he would, like, return home and blab about the gods' innermost secrets, and the gods were like, hey, bro, not cool. Not cool, yo. Uh, and... Then he also stole some of the ambrosia, and he was like, "I'm gonna repeat. I'm gonna like in, uh remake this recipe, and then I'll be immortal, and all my people. I'll give it to all my people, oh. and we'll be like a people of immortals." And the guys were like, "Really, bro? Not cool. Not gonna happen." And then, so Demeter had a bad day. Oh boy! And when. Uh, as, when I say day, I mean quite a few months. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, her daughter was kidnapped by Hades, and she got very upset, and she decided to make basically a drought, and a famine was all across Greece, and everyone was freaking out. And in this time, Tantalus decided, ah, this'll be a good way to get sort of even with the gods, and also... Maybe it'll gain me favor. Who yeah. knows? He wasn't the brightest person. And so he cut his son Pelops into pieces and put him in some, like, stew or something. I don't know how he served him. I like to imagine a stew rather than, like, a pit roast or whatever. Oh. Like, ugh, that would be bad. But Gross. He, he, he cut him up and he served him to the gods. He invited the gods over and he was like, hey, party at my place. And the gods were like, oh my god, you have food? Cool, I'll come. So the gods came to hang with the cool feast. And nearly all of them, or well, all of them, realized as soon as the food was in front of them, what was in the food. And they were like, not eating this, but Demeter being really distraught about her daughter being gone. Didn't really notice what was in the food and just ate a bite. And she ate a bite and it was um Tantal- er, uh, Pelop's shoulder. Ugh. And she was really upset and everyone was very upset. But Zeus then took, um, he summoned Clotho of the Three Fates and mm. he made him, her basically put back together Pelops. And then Demeter felt really bad about eating his shoulder. <laughs> So she had Hephaestus uh, create a artificial shoulder out of ivory, <laughs> and they made that, and it Good was old like, Hephaestus. and they brought him back to life, and they're like, hooray! And they punished Tantalus by putting him in the other underworld, and fitting punishment. Yeah, yeah. All right. And can't drink, can't eat because he 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 broke a lot of eating rules. Yeah. <laughs> If you eat the wrong way, you're going to go to the underworld. And eat wrong for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> so the other god that we meet... Hermes. Is Hermes. He is the son of Zeus and Maya. And she was the eldest of the seven Pleiades, the seven daughters of 
the Titan Atlas and the Ocinead Pleon, which doesn't really have to do with anything, but I don't know. I found out and I had to share. Yeah. (laughs) Went through a thing. Uh, Went through a wormhole. Um, So Hermes is what you could call a precocious infant. Uh, when he was born at 15 minutes old, he crawled all over his mother cave. At 20 minutes old, he decided he needed some light to, <laughs> to see this cave better. And he made, uh, he struck two rocks together and made fire, which nice. was the first time someone had made fire like that. And everyone was like, or his mom was like, whoa! <laughs> uh, and then 20 minutes old, he was feeling a bit claustrophobic in his cave. And he was like, hey mom, I'm going to go for a walk. And his mom was like, I'm going to chill out because I just gave birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably a good plan. So uh, Hermes just took a casual walk, probably um, at least a few hundred miles. Uh, Someone mapped it out. It was crazy. Um, And he came across a beautiful herd of cattle. White cattle. Pure white cows, to be exact. And he was like, oh my god! As the mythos by Stephen Fry put it, Oh, he breathed, entranced, what beautiful moo-moos. For all his precocity, he was still not above baby talk. (laughs) That's Uh, funny. Yeah. It's a great book. (laughs) Uh, And he really liked the um, moo-moos, and he decided (laughs) to take them home. So uh, he herded them back home, but he did it in a really confusing way, so it left backwards tracks and also not many tracks, and only left, like, a few baby footprints. <laughs> and it, it, it was weird. But, turns out, the cows were Apollo's. And Apollo was angry when he realized that his cows was gone. Or his cows were gone. So, he being, he, like, got, like, some help. He was, like, got some hints from his sister, probably. And he was like, hey, <laughs> hey, sis, goddess of the hunt, how do I hunt this? <laughs> And she was just like, follow the tracks, you stupid. <laughs> and he was like, duh. And he followed the tracks. <laughs> and he followed the tracks back to <gasps> a baby in a cave? What? And Hermes was sitting there and he had, in the meantime, he had butchered one of the cows and he had done some stuff. And then he had uh, dried out some intestines. So it became like a string. And then he also took a uh, tortoise shell and drilled a few holes, and he made it a lyre. Nice. Tinkling, tinkling music. I don't know how the lyre sounds. Um, so he start, He was, like, picking his lyre, and Apollo was like, whoa, man, I will forgive everything if you, like, teach me how to play that music, and then also, like, give me, give me that. <laughs> and also, give me that. Uh, so Hermes was like, actually... All I need are two cows, and you can have the, you can have all your cows back except for these two, and you can have this lyre, and you can be the god of music. It's a little background. That's a lyre. That's from the video, What Did Homer's Lyre Sound Like? <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Basically, Apollo just fell in love with that beautiful music and went... I need it. It's so cute. Um, and I like Apollo. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's so cute. <laughs> and but so he 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 took the lyre. He took being the god of music, and then he uh, took most of his cows back except for the two. And Hermes, with the two that he kept, well, one he used the intestines to make the lyre. And the second one, he sliced it up into uh, 12 choice steaks. Uh, And then he burnt 11 of them as offering to Olympus. And he and his mom ate the 12th because got to have some nice dinner. (laughs) It's been a long day. Um, And then he went to Olympus. After he had that nice meal, he was just like, I'm happy. I should go meet my father and my siblings. So he went upstairs to Olympus, I don't know. Wherever Olympus was at the time, <laughs> on the mountain. Probably on the mountain, Olympus. Uh, and, he, and he was really, he was welcome with open arms. He, because they're, they'd all had some delicious cow smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and he became the, uh, the last to sit on the 12 seats of Olympus. Like, he was the last 12 of the 12 to be found. Uh-huh. But that's not including Dionysus because in, there was already 12 and then Dionysus hit him up and they had to kick someone off. Uh-huh. So, basically, he was the last of the 12, last of the first round of the 12. <laughs> <laughs> and he became the god of lots of things. He did. He became the god of travel and roads, messengers, and, or, yeah, and commerce and trades and merchants and herdsmen and thieves and sort of in a strange way acting because he was a liar and then sometimes people would take that and be like oh actors are a lot it was Uh, weird (laughs) plan words yeah he he's a god of a lot of things a lot of things suffice it to say (laughs) yes uh and he's pretty cool too uh and then the other godlike creature we meet is the hippocampi we've talked about it it's not much to talk about i don't think um they are yeah they're sea creatures they're fish-tailed horses of the sea and i think they like pull some chariots underwater sometimes (laughs) okay yeah why not fun on to quest queries i don't have any oh (laughs) (laughs) i know there weren't i didn't think i had any many this episode yeah until we started talking about it but I know. Now we already talked about them. I know. Or what was the one we were talking about? Um, um, music. <laughs> like, okay, if Percy and Annabeth are just, like, chilling and they have any music they could listen to, what do you think they would be listening to? I don't know. It's whale 2006. songs? <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Duff. Yes, Hillary Duff. Um, Jonas Brothers. <laughs> I don't think they would listen to the Jonas Brothers. No. Was no. Taylor Swift around? She was. She was. Oh, Katy Perry for sure. Oh God, I hated Carrie pa- Katy Perry. I know I did too, but I think that they would be into it. I think that Annabeth would if like. If they Paramore. don't like Dean Martin, I don't know what they're like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think when I was thirteen, I was listening to Paramore. Yeah, well, I know they weren't you were. thirteen at the same time as we were. They were. Yeah, they basically were. Yeah. They were, I mean, like, two years older than yeah, us. Yeah, so that's true. They were 13 at the same time. So, they're, like, 25 right now. <laughs> yeah. But they don't <laughs> age with the books correctly. But No, they don't. Yeah. That's okay. Whatever. They're 13. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The slideshow was just so good. It was. I didn't... I felt like it was really fleshed out, and I don't think I was left with many questions. Yeah. 
just like explained everything really well and mm-hmm. yeah yeah but if you have quest queries don't be afraid to send them our way yeah and you can send them to our email floor600.podcast at gmail.com always as always follow us on our twitters and instagrams at floor underscore 600. And Tumblr at floor600podcast. Yup. And also, if you want to, and that would be cool, join us on at our Patreon. Yes, our Patreon membership um, thing is patreon.com slash floor600. And you can join us and help us and support us in making this podcast that we are having lots of fun uh making and it seems like you guys are enjoying listening we see your reviews and your ratings and we really appreciate that um so if you wanted to join us at patreon.com slash floor 600 we would love to see you there if you can't or even if you can go rate us review subscribe yeah and come back next week for more sea of monsters yes all right bye bye